Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! You don't like that? You don't like NBA basketball! 360. Bow him with the sauce. Got it! And one! Fires a long one. Nothing but Nick. Welcome to another episode of All Nat, brought to you by OTS. I am your host, Natalie, but most people call me Nat. And today, I have an amazing, amazing guest on the show. Um, Some of you, if you've been a longtime follower of mine on Twitter, you may know Tony Jones and me from our arguments on the TL, which for whatever reason, was a big thing that people love to view and enjoy and watch and sit in for. But that's not what we're going to do today. Um, Tony Jones is a writer for The Athletic. He covers the Utah Jazz. He does incredible work, even though I don't always agree with his opinions. Writing is on point. Analysis is top notch. Knows the game. One of the best out there. So we're going to have a great conversation today. You guys are not going to get um, a debate of me and him going back and forth about each other, but he's going to help bring some good insight on the Utah Jazz. The Warriors are about to play them soon, and um, I think you're going to really enjoy the conversation. So Tony, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being on and being my guest. I really, really am honored. So thank you for that lovely introduction and 
um, once uh, the podcast is over, just let me know. Hit me with your cash app. Um, <laughs> either that or your Venmo, and you know what I'm saying. I'll send. I'll send that five dollars over real soon. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Oh, thank you. That's a good idea, though. Y'all Venmo, Venmo me. I don't use Cash App, but Venmo me. Um, <laughs> that's why um, I had to. That's why I had to put Venmo in there. Like, I, yeah, you know, because you don't know. So you gotta like. So you either have Cash App or you have Venmo. But when I send that five dollars, you gotta let me know so I can unlink my bank account because you know people be trying to like get your bank account and stuff. Really? Yes. Is that a true thing? No, that's the thing. Seriously. Wow. I mean, I don't. It's happened. It's happened to me before. Did it? Especially like, especially like, if you try to send large um, amounts, like over five dollars. So, really? Yeah. I was. I mean, I honestly, I don't use Cash App, and I rarely use Venmo. It's just my alternative because seems like a lot of people who prefer Cash App, they'll at least use that. But I tend to use Zelle. For everything or paypal and so right. um i don't know if that's old school whatever i think zelle is the best thing but everyone doesn't use zelle for some reason so um venmo is like my fallback but i didn't i didn't know that i wasn't aware of that no it happened to me um once maybe last year actually happened to me when i was in new york really so I tried to send my my uh, my mother some money, and um, my credit union got got wind of some shenanigans going on. And what happened was, they got wind of the shenanigans going on at like you know whatever time, and they cut my uh, they cut my card off when I was in Brooklyn, <laughs> and I was over my. I was in Brooklyn at my. And you at needed my, to at, use your, your card, and you couldn't because your your stuff was cut. Right, I was in Brooklyn over my grandmother's house. I needed to use my card to get back to my hotel in Manhattan because because the Jazz were playing the Knicks <laughs> and they were at the Garden. So I was down at the Garden. I was staying at the Garden. I was on my grandmother's house, and my cousin um, had to. Give me twenty dollars so I can get the train back, back to Manhattan. Oh, and then like the next day. This was recently. Then, you had to get on the subway during COVID. I mean, I know a lot of people are taking the train during the pandemic, but it's it's not ideal. No, it was it was two years ago, right okay. before the pandemic. Okay. It was actually on the road trip. It was on the same road trip as the Oklahoma City road trip, where. The whole pandemic started wow okay okay yeah got you so covid was probably there you just didn't know it but i hear you <laughs> exactly it was there we didn't just didn't know it yeah wow see look at tony already dropping gems and we didn't even get into basketball content i definitely did not know that so I, i'll have to be mindful of that i don't I almost I, I almost called you really yeah, you would you would have hung up. No, I wouldn't have. Stop, stop making me out to be like some mean person. I'm not gonna leave you stranded in New York. Wow. You you wouldn't have hung up. You would have been like, oh, that's crazy. 
Anyway, um, back to regularly scheduled programming. So the Warriors are going to be playing the Utah Jazz on Saturday, on New Year's Day. And um, they we played the Denver Nuggets last night. That was a loss. I don't know if you, you caught that game. Um, and then we played the Denver Nuggets again in Denver, high altitude before coming uh, to Utah. So those are our next two games, but I, I, I really, I'm curious though, you, you said you watched the game last night. So what were your thoughts when you saw the game and watched last night? Ma'am, my thoughts were, you know, obviously both teams are depleted a little bit. There was no, no JP for, for Golden State. Obviously, you know, Denver had a bunch of guys out. Um, it was, you know, it was one of those 82 games where um, you know, you're just not going to play perfectly. And the, the beauty of Draymond Green is that, you know, through 82 games, when he's engaged, you know, he forces his teammates to play at a certain floor. You might beat that certain floor. You might play above that certain floor um, on, a, on a given night. A team might play above that floor, but at least you're playing at that floor. And you know, that first half was, you know, a, a team playing below that floor. And then the second half, they were just pretty much perfect defensively. And yeah, I thought that know, was remarkable, their defense in the second half. They held Denver to 29 total points for the second half. Right. Right. Yeah, 29 total points. Yeah, it, it was. It was incredible defense. I, I thought they were incredible defensively. You know, and I, I remember there were a couple of people that were, you know, um, that were on Twitter and they were saying, nah, it was just a, a product of, you know, Denver coming back to earth. And, you know, I think when you're down 60 to 36 and you're down 24 points, you know, 24 point, a 24 point deficit is a 24 point deficit. You know, you just pretty much have to be, you of know, course. perfect. Yeah. Um, Game some of the things you do to, to get back. Yeah. So, you know, I thought it was, you know, it was an awful first half from Golden State. It was a, it was a terrific second half. Um, you know, it came down to one possession. I thought Otto made, I thought Otto Porter made the wrong read. He did. Um, Steph wanted the possession. ball back, but. Well, he drifted. So he, he gave it up and he drifted. He did, and but he was wide if that was Draymond, Draymond would have known to like that Steph was right. moving to relocate. So I don't really, right. I think Otto made the wrong read, but it's like, that's a learning moment. That's the way that I take it because like he hasn't had to close right. that much. Right. So, right. you know, some would argue that Steph should have anticipated Otto wouldn't know. So you don't give up the ball, but like maybe, you know, I guess there's validity to that, but I definitely think Otto made the wrong decision regardless. Like, even if he didn't see Steph, I don't think passing it to Kaminga <laughs> was the right move in that moment. Well, Kaminga's just not getting that call. And right. Like, 100 times out of 100, you're not going to get that call. And he call. also didn't have a mismatch so, anyway with Yoko. You know, so. Right. And it's a feel thing, right? Like, you know, this is... Otto's what 30th game playing with Steph, right. Stephen Curry, you know, Draymond Green or Andre Iguodala, both of those guys would have known, you know, exactly. that Steph is giving up yeah. the ball. He's going to relocate. He's going to, he's going to fade and he's going to drift. 
and he would have been wide open. Like there was wide nobody because they not how they all lost sight of Steph is remarkable yeah. to me. But whatever, like that's not a game the Warriors deserve to win. It was sort of like that San Antonio game they played earlier in the season. But I love that in both of those games, they fought back, you know, like they came out lethargic. They had no energy. I think there's a level of um, adjustment that has to go on, right? Like you don't have Draymond on the court. So I look at like that first half as an adjustment period. I do think their energy was low, but I think it's also like, okay, you have to now get used to on the fly learning how to play without Dre, you know? So I, I mean, we still have the best record in the league. I'm not like overly concerned about the loss, but the takeaways, as you know, on Twitter can be quite drastic. So I was curious, your, your, your takeaway seems very like even kill. So, but I was just wondering as like a media member, because, you know, people were just like, oh, you know, like the takes were, oh, this team, you know, like, their, their offense is not a contending offense for the postseason. Um, there were some wild takes, um, you know, just a lot of stuff that came out of just a single half. Well, you know, listen, you're playing 82, 82 of these things. You're not going to be great for all 82. You know, the key is to have more good days than bad days. You try to stack the good days. And I think the key with really good teams is not letting one loss turn into two losses or two losses right. turn into four losses and those things. And and that's how you set trends in the regular season, positively or negatively. Now, this is a rough stretch for Golden State. You got you got to go to, to elevation and play Denver. You got to play at Utah mm -hmm. on Saturday. Now, the good thing for Golden State is that Utah will be, no A, they'll be on the back end of a back-to-back, -back, and they'll be on their third game in four nights, and there's no guarantee that, that Donovan Mitchell's going to be there. Um, you know, he's, he's out. Uh, we're recording this on Wednesday, so he's out on Wednesday night against right. Portland with, with the lower back, and you know the back's going to be tricky, so you don't know. Um, it happened last, um, it happened against Dallas, kind of tweaked it okay. and, uh, he went, went back to the locker room. He got it stretched out, finished the game, dropped 30. This was on Christmas night. Um, but you know, everybody knew that, you know, there was that, you know, there was something there because, right. you know, in terms of when you got a, when you got a bad back, you know, it, which is and not you walk like it. Right. I hope it's not severe, though, because I would hate that for Donovan. All right. So he didn't make the, the current road trip, which is at San Antonio and at Portland. Um, but he's going to be reevaluated ahead of uh, Friday night's game. Did you guys win Minnesota. the other game that he missed? Yes. They, they beat San they Antonio. <laughs> they. Yeah. They. Yeah. You guys, for me, is the Knicks. I understand. Yeah. I understand. My bad. Okay. Uh, but they won. Uh, um, yeah, but they won. Um, they should be able to beat and, Portland tonight. I mean, you would think, but like, like you said, it's, you know, it's one of 82. So, right. you know, it's, it's, it's just a matter of how they come out. Um, I do admit Portland looks cooked. Yeah. So, um, 
What you said earlier, I thought was a really good point about good scenes, you know, and not letting it turn into more than one loss. The Warriors haven't lost a back-to-back yet. They haven't lost two games in a row. Um, outside of the, the the Toronto Raptors game, which they just threw because they didn't send any of their players there. Right. They haven't lost a game by more than um, nine points. Um, like to me, those are all hallmarks of a really good team. Well, you know, I think Golden State right now is one of the two best teams in the league, along with Phoenix. So, I mean, you you have to, I mean, they've they've earned that distinction from from the way they've played, um, from their signature wins, you know, going on the road and, and beating the Nets. Like that's a signature win, especially after that loss, because they lost to the Hornets a couple right. of nights before. So, you know, everybody's like, okay. Yeah, rough road trip. You start the road trip off losing to the Hornets. And then, boom, you got to go and you got to play the Nets. And, you know, they basically went and they kicked their ass. Um, can I can I say ass on of your course. podcast? You know I curse like a sailor, so you know I don't care about cursing. I don't, listen, I don't know your rules. <laughs> I don't know there your no rules. rules. There are no rules because I don't I don't invite foolish people onto my show. So as long as you're not saying foolishness, then there are no rules. And so, you know, they actually both of their road trips were kind of duplicative because they lost the first game on each road trip. And then they except they because they threw away the Toronto game, but basically won all the games after that. So I remember um, in the last road trip when they lost to Philly and I was at that game, they lost to the Sixers. Um, and then I was like, oh, maybe this will be just like the last one, lose the first and go win the rest. And I mean, I think, I mean, I don't want to just assume they would have won in Toronto, but they probably had a high chance of winning in Toronto had they went there and played their guys, which ultimately really was a smart decision. I was questioning it at first. This is why, you know, we're fans and we shouldn't always question everything because I didn't even think about the fact that if Andrew Wiggins would have tested positive in Canada, he would have been stuck there the whole time quarantining, which is what happened to Jordan Poole, but in Boston. So. Right. Yeah. Well, the best thing I say about the Warriors right now is that they're the best team team. They're the best defensive team in basketball. Like Vegas. Historical almost. And the thing about their defense that's even better is that it travels, right? So you know that from night to night, you have something that you can lean on. And this team can flat out, whether it makes shots or whether it misses shots, um, this team flat out goes out and and they get stops. And they are, I mean, you know, they're so prototypically built to guard in today's NBA. because you know they switch everything from one through five they're you know all of those guys are dogs you know they all play hard they all dig in sit down um they all move their feet uh they dig in on big so it's really not easy to post up against them like that was last night was the most inefficient i've ever seen one of the most inefficient games i've seen from Jokic. And, you know, I know he had a gazillion rebounds and obviously he had the game saving play, but, you know, the Warriors made him uncomfortable. Yes, they did. I actually like to see that. I mean, Jokic is a great player, so I don't, I don't, I'm not even, I actually am a fan of Jokic. I promise I'm not trying to um, 
you know, demean his play in any way. But I, I like that what I saw because sometimes I really don't feel like people appreciate what they're seeing with the way Steph is guarded on the court, like the way he's guarded sometimes and being like, the, Andrew was out there and so he helped, but um, he's still not the kind of offensive threat that makes teams change, you know, their offensive game plan um, if nobody else is out there on the court, you know? And so when Joker's limited like that, the Warriors could crowd him like they were doing last night at certain points in the game. And you see that like, while he still was effective and good, his shooting became like more inefficient, you know? So when everyone is like killing Steph for his efficiency this year, I'm like, are, are you, are you guys watching the games and watching what's happening? Like, I'm not saying that he's like, he, he can't shoot better. And I think there was some hunting going on with the, the chase of the record, but like, look at how he's being guarded. Like, let's just have a little context there, people. <laughs> well, I think there are a couple of things that the Warriors need to have happen. You know, I think, you know, I think that, that a lot of people look at Clay as a luxury, getting him back, but I think he's more of a necessity than a luxury mm-hmm. for spacing purposes. Absolutely. Um, and, and, for more, and for gravity purposes. Because right now there are people in the ro- rotation that that teams just don't guard. Right. Um, Draymond so, being one of know, them, Looney being right. another. And, Dre and Looney and, Gar- and Gary. So that's true. But know, Gary's not like a starter. I mean, he's playing a lot of minutes right. though. Right. He, no, he's playing a lot of minutes. So you know, for gravity, like if you if you stick Clay in the opposite corner of where the action is running from Steph, that, that opposite, that opposite guy's not going to slough off into the lane. He's going to be in the corner. Exactly. And that's, and that's going to open driving lanes. And it's going to open things more for Andrew too, who already is playing, having a great season, but it's going to open up things for him more too, as well as Steph. I was going to ask you about what you think about Clay coming back. So let's talk about that a little bit more. I mean, what, what do you see? Cause everyone's concerned about, well, we know Clay's shooting is going to be the same, but will he be the same defensive player and all of these different things that people are saying. And I kind of look at it like Clay Thompson, the moment he steps on the court is going to be guarded like Clay Thompson. No one's going to care that he's coming off of a two year, you know, hiatus And so that alone by itself is going to be so impactful to the Warriors. And you're right. Like his shooting is going to be his shooting. So I don't think they need, you know, with the addition of Andrew and just the way this defense is, I don't think they need Clay to be the defender he once was right away. I don't think that's a necessity, but maybe I'm not being realistic. What do you think? Well, I think, I think the positive, like you said, is the, the space and the gravity. Gravity is a real thing in, in the league. It's, it's, it's like, and, and I use Boyan Bogdanovich, for example, right? People are asking me, are the Jazz going to trade Boyan Bogdanovich? And my answer is, I don't think there's a chance in hell that the Jazz trade Boyan Bogdanovich because he means so much in terms of the spacing of Utah's offense. And he means so much to Donovan Mitchell and Reed. Go bare because if you put Boyan Bogdanovich in the corner, nobody's sloughing off of him. And that's the same thing with Clay. Like, 
you put clay on the floor in the corner, it's automatically going to open up spacing. Uh, it's going to alleviate spacing issues than in Golden State's offense. And that's a scary thing because they're cutting in their movement and their on and off ball screening is, to me, is already the best in the league. And it already generates so many backdoor cuts. It generates easy layups uh, um, because all those guys are so well in that system. So you put you put clay in that system, you know, it's automatically even going to make it even better. Now defensively, you know, Clay's got to prove that. You know, I thought Clay was one of the best, maybe even the best, the single best perimeter defender in the league in his prime. And you know, so you know, it's going to be tough to to be as good defensively, you know, just by the nature of coming off of an ACL and, and an Achilles. Um, does he need you to know on this squad? You know, it's 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 interesting. The I think I think it's an interesting answer um, because as much as it's sacrilegious to think that Clay could hurt you defensively, the thing the thing that's the hallmark of Golden State defensively is they play they play five as one. Like you see all those guys moving and five the way they switch and and the way you know all those guys guard on the ball that if you know you got one guy that's not guarding it could throw off the whole thing you know and they could you know put you in rotations that you don't want to be in so you know i think clay is going to have to prove that he can guard um you know as as crazy as it think like clay thompson's got to prove that he can guard Confidently, um, though, you know, I don't think he, he needs to be, but confidently, not like locked. Right. I mean, he wasn't never, a, he wasn't a lockdown one-on-one, but I, I just don't think he has to be like to the level that he was. I think he's going to be better than Jordan Poole, probably. Yeah. Oh, so the thing about the thing, and I do disagree with you, Clay's definitely locked down one-on-one. Clay's one of the best defenders in, in, Nah. Clay to me is one of the best perimeter defenders of this era. I think Clay is a great defender. I just don't think of him as a I think it depends on who he's guarding. So yes, he can, I think, lock down certain players one on one. I don't think it's all. I thought he was probably the best offensive two guard in the league. Well, I mean, I like that praise. I'm not trying to hate on him. Y'all certainly did not reward him with the um, all defensive team awards for the many years he's been playing for this level. I mean, he's only gotten one. One. I voted him on. I'm only one vote, though. But you've been voting him for multiple years for defensive teams. I mean, I remember I had votes and I voted him on defense. Absolutely. How many times? More than once? I don't remember. Okay, because you can't praise him like this and then he only has one all-defensive team. That's my point. But, I mean, there's hundreds of voters, though, I'm only But you're saying vote. you think he's the best. I'm just saying, did your ballot reflect that for multiple I thought, years? I thought, I thought in his prime, he was the best defensive shooting guard in the league. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was such an, and I thought that was such an underrated um, aspect of 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 the dynasty in the mid 2010s okay. because he was so good defensively. 
I don't think I remember I had it because a... of how good the defense is now. I guess that's my point. So I think as long as he's not hurting you, as long as he's not a liability, I think it's fine. They've shown they can defend without well, he's not gonna... on the court. He, then he's not going to hurt you because right. he he knows the rotations. He knows right. where to be. And, and, and you know, and, and, and Steve's not a monster. Steve's, Steve's not going to go out and be like, oh, welcome back. Go guard Kevin Durant. Exactly. Like, he's not. Like he's not going to do that. Like you know, right. he, you know. So Andrew's there um, now, so he's going to like. Andrew's right. Andrew's been terrific defensively. Yeah. I think Andrew should be an All Star this year. That was going to be my next question. See, you read in my mind, Tony. Thank you. Okay. So and I am not just saying this because this is a Golden State podcast. Like, I legitimately think he should be an all-star this no, year. No, but can you please articulate the reasons why you think Andrew should be an all-star? I know my reasons why I think that. But um, I've been seeing a lot of ballots, and obviously these are fan votes, but people aren't voting, you know, for Dre. Like, people think he should, not Dre, Andrew. Um I want to talk about Dre too as an all-star, but let's let's stick to Andrew first. So what are the reasons you think Andrew should be an all-star? Well, there's there's three main ones. Number one, he's he's defending at a first team all NBA level. That's number one. Number two, um wait a minute. Is it three reasons or is it two <laughs> well number two, it might be two reasons. Okay. Listen, it might be two reasons. So Typically, right? Like if if you're the number one seed or even the number two seed, but if the Warriors are the number one seed at the time of coaches battling, right, you usually get a lot of all-stars. So Dre and Steph are locks. And if you're the number one seed, you should get Wicks. Okay. I agree. Now, do you, no you agree with that? If like players, oh, there were there was a third one. Yeah, the third one. The third one is, you know, there are guys too out of the running that right. are that are usually all stars. There's no Paul. There's going to be no Paul George. There's going to be no Kawhi Leonard. So the vacuum, the spacing for for that to happen, for that to happen is there. I knew there was three reasons. See, I'm getting no, off. and and that that's one of my reasons. Um, like a lot of you know. I was pushing back against a lot of Warriors fans earlier in the year who were saying Andrew should be an all-star. And we all know that I'm like an Andrew Wiggins stan. So, you know, for me to be pushing back like that, that it, it was just more so that I was like, there's just certain guys who are going to get the nod over him. But like you said, with Paul George, who I think should have been an all-star if he didn't get injured. Um, and Anthony Davis is an interesting one. Do you think he would have gotten the all-star nod this year? I mean, he would have. Right? That's I mean, what I but, think. You know, I don't think he's going to now. I mean, but he would have. And I don't, you know, he's he was still, listen, Anthony Davis is going to roll out of bed and drop 24 and He 10. was still putting up all-star numbers. It's not, it's right. just, I, I get it. So I'm not. But it's the, it's, it's the impact. Right. Like he's been Anthony Davis, like, because you're Anthony Davis, so you're going to roll out of bed and you're going to get 24 and 10, but he hasn't been an animal this year. Right. Understood. So that, that's part of the reasons why that. I have started the Andrew campaign. I wasn't doing it before because I'm just like, while I think he's having a great year, I think there's just certain other players that people are going to pick over them 
over him. But with with them out, I think if any team is going to get three all-stars, it should be the Warriors, assuming that we're still in the spot we're in by the time, you know, the game comes. And right now, voting has started, and we are in that top spot. So that's well, what I there are two teams that I think should be in the running for three all-stars and that's Phoenix and Golden State. Who, so, would, be, who would be Phoenix's third all-star? Aiton. For me. For me, it would okay. be Aiton. But, um, you know, I mean, every other team, it's actually kind of crazy that the Jazz still only have nine losses. But, you know, I don't think they have a third all-star because they've, they've limited, like Conley to me has played at an all-star level when he's on the floor, but they've limited his minutes and they've, and, and they've sat, you know, they've limited his usage in games. So his, his numbers really aren't going to reflect that. I mean, he didn't Um, even get it last year until he was an injury replacement. So, and, and and Utah was at the top of the league. Right. Which is why when people were saying like, no, Andrew's definitely going to get it. Cause at the top, I'm like, um, it took Mike Conley a lot to get that all-star spot. It was like second, even after Booker, who probably also should have had one to begin with. Right. And right. No facts. So, I mean, so it's, it's, um, you know, those two teams for me, you know, should be, both be in the running for, for a third all-star, whether they get that third all-star or not, they, that those are the two teams that if you, we're going to get three all-stars from one team that those would be the two teams that that would get it so now what about um Draymond because like you said he's probably going to be an all-star I think we all agree with that but I was taking part in a discussion this morning about starters and like obviously Braun is going to be a starter obviously Jokic is going to be a starter but I don't think there's a compelling case in my opinion for another front court player over Draymond. Like a lot of people had Cat. And while I I won't really fight anyone for saying Cat should be an all-star, I don't think he's more impactful than Draymond Green. I get that he's he puts up a lot more numbers, but I, I just I don't think the impact is there to warrant that Dre shouldn't even be in consideration for a starting spot with all the other people who have gone down. Wait a minute. So now that I'm thinking about it, who should be a starters? So Jokic uh, is gonna Steph should be a, a starter. starter. Mm-hmm. Steph, Jokic. Who do you think LeBron. deserves that second guard spot this year? Which is probably gonna still go to Luca, but I don't actually think Luca deserves it. Why is it going to Luca? I'm just because he's a fan favorite, I think, and people are gonna vote for him. I know that you, I know the media. That's like 50% of the vote though. Right. But if he gets an overwhelming number, he can still trump that. Right. So. I don't think he should be, but I'm curious who should be the second guard. All right. So to me, for me right now, I think there's six guys for five spots. And I think the six are. Wait, which five spots are you talking about? Oh, the just the, the, the starting lineup. The five spot. So okay. I think there's six, I think there's six guys for five spots. So it would be Jokic. The six would be Jokic, LeBron, Dre, Steph, Chris Paul. Seven guys for five spots. Chris Paul, 
Devin Booker and Donovan Mitchell. Okay. I'm not putting Chris Paul as no starter, but okay. I'll hear the Donovan Mitchell and Booker, not not Chris Paul. Listen, listen. (laughs) You, you gotta you gotta put it aside you gotta no brush y'all it off have to shoulder. stop we, with we this gotta be we gotta no. we gotta be objective we've gotta be objective i don't have to be you are a media member you need to be i don't need to be this is ex- this is a podcast this is objectivity no who says it's a fan podcast i'm a warriors fan so but uh, not only so that not only so that you're I just think the media has a bias for Chris Paul. I do. He's a great player. He is a great player. He is not the best player on the Phoenix Suns. He is not worthy of a starting spot on the All-Star team when Devin Booker is there. No. It all falls apart without him on the floor. Oh, gosh. Okay. I'm, I'm just saying. Listen, he's a general. That's nice. He's still not their best player. Listen, shout out to Stacy, um, who she, uh, who uh, um, she loves rushing, um, who always calls Chris Paul the militant midget. Like I just think that's so funny. Yes, Listen. I digress though. Okay. So li- I digress though, but um, yeah, seven guys. Well, we know Steph spots. is getting so one of the guard spots, right. so we don't. All need right, so let's that. let's do the elimination. So you're taking off Chris Paul. So no Chris Paul for you. I am, but let's say what you think most people will do because you probably have a better perspective for that. Like uh, we- I actually, I actually think you're right. I think most people are going to vote for like the fans going to vote for Luca, and he's going to be a starter. And and I, I think, think I think Steph. Jokic and 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 Braun are the only locks for starters. I think they're locks, and that's not changing. But um, I don't know who the other people are who will make it. Like I don't. I think the second guard spot could go to a number of people. I just don't know who that is. Um, and then for the 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 front court, it seems to vary who people think it is. But I've seen a lot of people talk about Cat. So I'm curious to know what you think about that. Um, I've seen some people talk about DeJounte Murray for the second guard spot. Um, I think he's having a hell of a season, but like, and I get where the standings are right now, but I still just feel like to reward him as a starter right now is still a little bit like, what is what are the Spurs two games below um, 500 right now? And they sit at the ninth spot. I don't know. Starter? I don't know about that. I would probably, my second starter would be between, so is is Book going to, can Book be in the front court or is he strictly back court? That's the question. I think they he's just back court, which is a problem with the way they have a lot of the positions. I agree, because I wish they didn't. So, so then the second backcourt starter will be between Book and, and Donovan. Right. And I think I think Book deserves it simply because of Phoenix and where their standings are. Like if I had to choose between the two, I would give it to Book over Donovan. That would be my rationale. But I mean, I think they're kind of having comparable levels of seasons, in my opinion. Yeah. You reward winning. Yeah. So the Phoenix is, is so Phoenix is number 
one and number two, the award that winning and book gets and book is the second all star starter. That's how I would do it. Because because uh, I think I think everything between book and Donovan is super close, and you know I think that if you want to look at one separator, the separator is winning, and then for me it always has been. No, it's one. It's one of the reasons why last year I thought that the Jazz should get three. They were in the one seat. Okay, so let's move to um, front court, right? So we we both agree that Braun and, and Jokic are going to be the two starters, right? So who should get that third front court spot? It would be Dre, by by a significant margin for me. Really? Yeah. Okay, I think he should be it, but you know, I was just curious. Now, do you do you would you agree that Dre is leading the DPOY race right now? Because um, you know it's been Go Bears for like the last few years. Probably not. I think they were. I think they were neck and neck. Okay. Uh, what would Dre um, have to do to to like uh, really come ahead? Well, I think I think the case for Dre right now is that that number one, he's one of the two best defensive players in the league. Um, and he's the best defensive player on the best defensive team in the league. So that's the case for Dre. The case for Rudy Gobert is that, you know, and, and I cover the Jazz night to night, that team by the numbers is a top 10 defensive team. And they've got two defenders on that team right now. Rudy and, 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 and Roy. Okay. Who are the so, defenders on Golden State? Like everybody. Stefan? <laughs> everybody locks up. Oh, are you trying to are give me? Are you giving Stefan his yes, props? Steph- I've told I've said on Twitter that Steph is playing defense a level that I have not seen him defend that. <laughs> I missed that tweet. But everybody's <laughs> locking up. Oh, you missed it? I missed that tweet. You were probably sticking your... That's because you were too busy sticking your Tony Jones doll with <laughs> pens. Okay, cool. That's why I'm in quarantine right now. Um, <laughs> yes, I didn't know if we were that's telling the people. That's why I'm still in quarantine. Tony is gracious um, enough to be on the show despite... Um, being, you know, in, in protocols right now. And I I'm, myself... I'm, just, Guys, I'm fine. I just I came out fine. of protocol, so we were in this together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, no, Steph has been tremendous defensively this okay. year. Listen, and I've all, there are two things, there are two school of thoughts with with Steph defensively, and I've always given him props for one thing. And this year, you know, he's actually gone beyond that. So, I've always said. Steph is an average defender who who is he's competitive defensively, like he tries, which is more than eighty percent of the other superstars um, in this league. You look at eighty percent of the superstars in this league, especially on the perimeter, and you're like, okay, this guy doesn't really try defensively. Right. Steph tries. That's number one, and number two, Steph is Steph has typically always been smart enough um against probably everybody but lebron james and putting himself in positions where he's not caught in space where he can't get exploited so that's number one but number two this year 
I think he's actually been a plus defender, number one, because I think he's gotten a lot stronger. Um, so, you know, he doesn't seed his space nearly as easily as, as he used to. And number two, I mean, he's just been he, like, he's just gotten after it. And, you know, those are the hallmarks of the, the all-time greats. You know, they look at the things that they don't do and they they get resolute about doing them well. Like, you know, LeBron looks that he's like, okay, well, one day I'm going to turn 36. How am I going to score? Because I can't just jump over people anymore. Right. So he went to the lab and he got skilled. So, you know, you, you look at Steph and he's like, okay, you know, people are like, okay, I can't defend. And, you know, LeBron's hunting me on every trip. So what am I going to do about it? So I go into the weight room, I get strong, and then I come out and I become a dog defensively. And Steph's been a dog defensively this year. So, you know, to me, I think that he's defended at a really high level for anybody, not just for him. Like, you know, last year or the year before, the year before that, I'm like, oh, Steph's really trying defensively. He's really being competitive defensively, props to him. This year, like, you look at him, he's like, Steph's a good defender. Period. 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 Um, <laughs> no, because, you know, the whole hunting thing, too, to me, was always a little overblown. Not that teams didn't hunt him, but that it was two things. One, it's, well, when you're on the floor with Andre Iguodala, Clay, Dre, um, someone has to be hunted, right? Like, he's... Right just of those guys he's the weakest of them that didn't per se mean that he's just bad completely and the hunting didn't really work out for many teams so they would do it but they weren't like that successful at it you know like you know I know people point a lot to 2016 don't want to relitigate that but like he was compromised that's my position on that so outside of that though I don't think there's really a time that anyone was hunting him where like it paid off and they just had some crazy advantage and many teams have tried to do it. So I just always felt that it was like overblown, you know, but I'm glad that he is starting to get some recognition for his defense, real recognition this year. So if someone like Tony can admit that guys, and you know, me and him argue about stuff all the time. Look, there's hope in the world. You know, listen, I need to clear something up here for the Golden State fans because I love y'all. All right. I think Stephen Curry is an all-time great, okay? Mm -hmm. And I've always thought he is a great player. Okay. I just don't think he's as good as LeBron James. Okay. That's it. That's, That's fine. Like, and LeBron James is depending on who you talk to. Okay, LeBron James is We're not going to do this. We're not even going to have this conversation. Or third or fourth. It, but, we, but the point Listen, that's, is... That's a high bar. The point it, is, I think Steph is great. Steph's career okay? is and not I want the done record yet. To show, I want the record to show that he's great. That I okay. think he... I, Tony Jones, I think he's a great player. What, 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 what I advocate for on behalf of Steph and what most Warriors fans do is not so much that anyone has to declare him better than LeBron. It's that the dismissiveness that comes with the idea that he could 
elevate himself into the top 10 all time or these other, you know, um, you know, you know, have a higher status than what people originally thought his career could be is like, that's what's like annoys us. It's like, you cannot keep saying a man who has like this number of accolades and who appears on lists with the all-time greats isn't as great as them. Like at some point, people have to start having like serious discussions. Like you're not just winning three chips and, and, and maybe possibly a third MVP because like you're not up there in those conversations with them. And that's all we're saying. Like y'all need to reassess. And his career isn't done. So let's let the man's career finish, you know, but you, you got to start rethinking some of your um, rankings and, and, and who's who. That's all I'm saying. All right. So I don't know if you want to get too far into the weeds in this, but the, the, the issue with top 10 is there's only 10. Okay. That's nice. So, and, 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 and let's, I'm going to take Steph Curry out of this. I don't but have him top ten you, right now, by the way. I don't. I have him top fifteen. I'm. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take. No, no. I'm. I'm saying I'm taking him out of the conversation. But you look okay. at it like this, right? If, if you look at it like this, I first thing think you know you could have like twelve names for ten spots. Okay, you have Mike. You have LeBron. You have Magic. You have Kareem. You can have Larry Bird. You can have you know Will. We know the Shaq, list. Duncan, I agree with you. Kobe, Hakeem, right? Like, you list those 10 guys. You haven't even listed Bill Russell or Oscar Robertson yet. I understand the implications. You see where, where the... Yeah, but the you point is... You see how hard the realm is. Yeah, but I right? like the, the point is the dismissiveness. Like, you can't keep dismissing a guy with his resume and just saying, no, no way, no chance. That's my point. It's like at some point, someone will crack the top 10. Like those guys are not the top 10 forever. There's other players that will come after them. And there's another player who is doing some serious damage. Y'all cannot I keep, think ig- there are two guys. Can't keep there are ignoring two guys. him because he's 6'3", and because he's not the prototypical point guard, and because he's light-skinned and all the other shit. You got to acknowledge what he's doing. You have to. I think- I think there are two guys that are playing right now who can who could feasibly end up in the top ten. I mean, obviously LeBron's in the top ten, but you can there are two other guys that could feasibly end up in the top ten. One is Stefan and the other is Kevin Durant. And so, maybe Giannis. We have to see. He has some more time. Actually, yeah, I'm, Giannis is his 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 resume for twenty seven years old is actually insane. Right. So So, I think it's those three and that's all, but it's just like the dismissiveness doesn't come with Giannis. It doesn't come with Kevin Durant. It only comes with Steph. And that's what our pushback is. Like you, you got to stop dismissing him like this. That's all. Well, I think, I think, I think Steph has reached top 15 levels. Yes. Correct. So he is, is he 33 or 34? He's 33. He'll be 34 in March. So he'll be 34 in March. So he has, you know, the next six years to to include in this year to add add to that. Yep. And I think he will. So that's my opinion. Obviously, I am biased, but I also but think- if if you're a Stephen Curry fan right now, like the thing that you have to be really happy about is that his his game is aging really well. Exactly. Yes. Because I think when he was 
seven years ago, if he was 26, if you said seven years ago that he'd be playing at this level at 33, right? Like you'd you'd absolutely have you'd absolutely have to take that because right now you look around the league and you look at guys who are slipping a level. Like Russell Westbrook has clearly slipped a level, right? And James Harden's um, James Harden's hot streak, um, notwithstanding. He might have, he's might have slipped a level. But when your game is predicated on athleticism like Russ's, kind of like what you were saying about Braun, how he looked at it and said, okay, I got to add another element to my game because I'm not, right? And so I, I don't think it's shocking the way that like Russ's game is aging. And with Harden, I would say a little bit of the same just because of like, he's been so much of a, isolation player and like scoring and I he's always done other things on the court so I'm not trying to take that away from him but he's always been like that and hasn't always been the best conditioned athlete so I don't I don't think that any of those things are surprises with them um I know that Braun gets all the credit in the war for how he upkeeps his body and he should and he spends the million but I don't think that people actually talk enough about like the conditioning that Steph does for his body when you think about the ankle injuries he had in his career when you think about all the miles he runs on the court and what he does and the way he plays off ball he takes supreme care of his body as well and so and and look at even Kevin Durant I think all of these guys are setting themselves up for like careers that are going to age well well that's the difference right like james harden hasn't stayed in shape <clears throat> like james Harden's doing that shot thing right like i come to training camp i'm gonna play my way into shape right and on saturday when i watched james harden against the lakers that might have been the first time this year i was like wait a minute like his weight looks like it's, it's where it should Everybody be. Everybody said that. Did he lose weight while he was in isolation? I didn't pay attention hey, to his weight listen, that closely. COVID does that to you. I'm sorry. It really does. But like, is he having that, symptoms? That I know a, they don't talk about it, but was he, do you know? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if he had symptoms or not. And okay. honestly, I don't know if it was the COVID or not, but like the point is like, he looked like Better. he was, yeah, he looked better. He looked, he looked, his weight looked better. But, you know, he's, you know, he came into camp and we were like, oh, yes, James has been partying. Same thing with Luca. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we looked at Luca, we was like, man, Huka Doncic, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, and, and, you know, I just, I'm going to plug my story for Warriors fans. Oh, yes, please do. I just did a, just did a story on Rudy Gobert. Okay. Um, and one of the things about, you know, Rudy Gobert that, you know, I talked about in the story is just how in condition, you know, and the ability to run from in the end, um, you know, and how that doesn't seem like it's a major thing, but it turns out to be a major thing because, you know, you just start outrunning people by the fourth and same thing with Steph you know if you guard and Steph you might be effective on them in the first quarter you might be effective on them through a, through a half but by the middle of that third quarter your legs are going to get heavy because you've been chasing him every single possession through multiple actions multiple picks 
baseline above the break. You got to guard him out the half court. And then by the fourth quarter, you're just done. And he just goes off. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. I will definitely retweet your, your Rudy Gobert piece. Um, a lot of people don't love Rudy Gobert. Um, why do you think that is? I mean, I don't know if he warrants all of the wrath that he receives. I will admit that I'm one of the people that don't like him and don't speak fondly of him. I don't speak fondly of the Jazz at all. I think the most likable player on that team is Donovan and probably Mike Conley. People like Mike. Um, I don't know that they know a lot of the other players, but people don't like Rudy Gobert. Um, and just like as you being someone who covers the team, do you have any thoughts on like why the outside world views them like that? Because I mean, I remember like last, was it last year during All-Star when Bron kind of joked about the fact that like the Utah guys got picked last and he's like, it's no offense. It's just yeah. like Utah has always been one of those teams. Like, do you think that's all it is or do you think there's something else behind that? I think, you know, if you, I, I think he's an honest guy and he's transparent with his feelings. So, you know, I thought that, you know, his, you know, he kind of broke down emotionally, you know, after not getting invited to the all-star game. Some of the of Warriors players seem to be like making fun of him. Did, did that, was that? I don't know if they were per se, but oh, they there was people making fun of him everywhere, you know. And the thing about it was, like, he wasn't crying because of that. He was crying because, you know, it was something that he promised his mother. And okay. you know, the fact that the the fact that that you know for that year he wasn't able to to deliver on that promise, you know, when he thought that, hey, you know, I'm really all star worthy. That's what got to him. Did you and, think he was you know, a snub so, that year? Oh, uh, God, what was it, three years ago? I don't remember yeah, how many years was... ago, but I mean. Yeah, I thought he was a snub. Okay. I, I, and I also remember, you know, the Jazz front office being kind of furious about okay. it. Uh, but I think it was, I think it was the year, you know, I think it was the year before that Mike Conley, the year before Mike Conley got there. But, um, you know, so there's that. Uh, there's there's the whole COVID thing um, with the touching of the microphones, which for me, I always ride, respect him for because um, he wasn't touching the microphones to to make light of, of, what happened he was touching like so the the backstory was oh yeah that, please because i that wasn't my impression so the back the whole backstory was the 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 media contingent our media contingent we were upset that the um that the um availability had changed you know, we had done, we were doing our scrums, we were doing all this and around the NBA teams were changing um, the availabilities to press conference only. And we were upset that we weren't able to get our, to, we weren't able to do our one-on-ones or we weren't able to do, you know, just our scrum. And, and we, and we weren't being led to, um, we weren't being led into to shoot around. And obviously, none of us, 
nobody at that time really knew how much the pandemic was going to blow up and, and what right. the the levels and the extremes were everybody was going to have to take the, the extreme measures because right now you know like we we get we get press conferences and we're like oh my god we got press conferences right. and not zooms but right. none of us you could know have before that we were, right every right everything was in person so rudy when he touched the microphones and obviously it was optically bad and obviously it was a mistake on his part but he was doing it in solidarity with us he was basically saying hey i stand with you guys you know you guys don't have cooties we don't have cooties we're all human beings i'm not better than you and you know he was really actually standing up for us instead of and he wasn't making fun of COVID. And I, I read as a reporter. Wait, hold on, Tony. Wait a second. Because like the, I don't know, the Wi-Fi thing is like going a little in and out. So you were saying he was standing up for you guys because it's like, you're humans. We're, I'm human. We don't have cooties. Right. So, okay. Exactly. So, you know, the whole thing got blown out of proportion and misconstrued. And, yeah, I mean, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, I when I viewed it, I was like, this guy is such an ass. But right, even though you're telling and, me this, I still don't know that I'm like that compelled. <laughs> well, it was it was still optically, it was still like I said, it was still bad optically. But you know, he was actually standing up for the beat writing continued, the jazz beat writing continued, and he wasn't he wasn't trying to like actually like you know quote unquote make fun of COVID or or the pandemic um and you know and then it was incredibly unlucky like incredibly unlucky that you know he tested positive like the next day you know <laughs> yeah you can um, say that again I definitely know the COVID thing definitely played a role into it and possibly like um, Donovan is the more liked player on that team, right? right. I mean, that's just my observation. Do you, do you sense the same thing? Yeah. I'm not saying by teammates. I'm saying well, by, think, by the outside yeah. world. What what I'm what what I'll say is that Donovan is almost as liked as any player in the league by his peers. Okay, you know, I mean. It's like, oh, you know, the San Antonio Spurs are coming into town. So and so is Donovan's boy. Oh, you know, this team's coming into okay. town. So and so is Donovan's boy. And you're like, uh, you know, and then you know, every Donovan has friends on every team. Like that's okay. just, that's just how it is. So, you know, I think I think that that has I think that that has an impact. You know, um, especially among you know, the players in the league. Um, and, you know, and I think that, you know, the fact that, you know, people think that they can go at Gobert uh, on the floor, I think that has a, that an impact as well. So, why do they you know, think I think that, that there's an I mean, accumulation he's an elite of stuff. rim protector and, I mean, he annoys me, but he's a good player. Why do you think so many people try to go at him? And a lot of people do <laughs> on the court. Well, I mean, when you're on top of the mountain, like you want to, you want to take, you want to take that person on. And, 
So, you know, you see, you know, guys are going to try to go into the, go into the lane and punch on him. Or, you know, guys think that, hey, I can isolate him on the perimeter in a playoff setting and I can go at him that way. Um, and you, you actually know. think that he's a decent perimeter defender. Like you think like our perception that he's like not that good on the perimeter is not accurate, right? I think he's a very good perimeter defender. Okay. Um, he's gotten a lot better at it. Uh, he knows how to to give um, give space and recover with his length. Um, you know, and he knows how to contest on on. He knows how to contest on the perimeter. So, you so know, when by they the numbers, had issues defensively, it's not really because I've seen people make this argument that it's not really about Rudy, but it's about his other teammates, the help, like others aren't recovering and helping him. So he's just left out there on the island. Is that a fair assessment? And if it is, is it still true or have they gotten better? Well, I think that he's both their best interior and perimeter defender. Let's put it that way. Okay. Okay. What about Donovan's defense? Is he better? Because he's been a little sketchy in my opinion, but. I think he's better at what he, I think he's better in terms of, uh, he's competing defensively. Um, I think he's gotten to the level where, you know, Steph was at where Steph, you know, night to night, he competes defensively. Okay. He puts himself in, in, in good spots and doesn't let himself get in the spots where he can be taken advantage of. And I think Donovan's gotten, gotten to that level and he's given, he's certainly good defensively than he has in the past. And I think that that's important. Okay. I want to talk a little bit more about um, their matchup, but before I do, I just know that there was like some news. I think it happened in the off season, right? That um, Dwayne Wade um, became a part owner, minority owner. Was that in the summertime? Did that happen? It was an off season. Yeah. When did that occur? <clears throat> um, it happened last year. Last um, year. Okay. My timing is off, but that did happen. Like, was that meaningful for the org? I mean, like, I don't know, do the players in any way, like, are they excited about it? Do you, do you think his addition has meant anything and, and will it help the Utah Jazz in any way going forward? Yeah, I think, it, I think he's been, you know, hands-on, he's been present, um, you know, as an African-American man um, um, living in the state of Utah, um, watching another African-American come in and, and be in such a prominent role um, has, has been, you know, uplifting to me personally um, without really, you know, uh, you know, outside of, you know, my coverage. Um, you know, so I, I think that it's been a really um, a good experience. I like the fact that he's been, you know, a lot more day-to-day uh, in that job than, than I thought that he would be. Uh, I think that he has a lot of trust in the organization. I think he has a lot of trust from owner Ryan Smith, majority owner Ryan Smith. Um, you know, and I, I think that he's been a real, um, I think he's been a real asset in terms of, you know, player recruitment and things like that. Really? You think that's why Rudy, the other Rudy went there? Well, I think the other, I think Rudy Ocho, we call him Rudy Ocho, but Rudy Gay. Why, I think Rudy, Why Gay, Rudy Ocho? Because his number is Number? Eight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Is that always a nickname? So we had and to, I'm um, unaware of that. No, man, we we That's were tra- we were podcast. trying to come up with yeah, you know, okay. you know, Rudy. Because there's two, another Rudy, or, so you needed like another right. way. Okay, I got you. Rudy squared, you know, things like that. So I see. Um, but um, he came because um, the two people who had really, you know, um, Mike Conley and and, and former um assistant gm david moray really had um a big role in being bringing rudy gay um to utah but um you know obviously Dwayne wade's um relationship with donovan and you know his relationship with players around the league and you know i think the hope there is that that it pays off um in, in future free agencies that would be huge for Utah. Like, I really didn't consider that, but because that is not a free agent destination. If 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 Dwayne Wade can convince, like, you know, a player to come out there, that would be pretty big. And that's going to yeah, be a tough well, foul. They've actually, they've actually done pretty well in free agency of late. I mean, you know, they, you know, they... Um, like who? They... Well, they flipped Boyan Bogdanovich from Indiana, and that was that was huge. Um, um, getting Rudy Gay was was big because I know uh, he had. I know the Lakers were in the mix there. I know that that the Nets. Okay, were so in let the me mix let there. me be a little bit more clear. Um, I think it's going to be hard. Oh, to you get mean like free agents to come there? It's Utah. Well, we're just being real. There's a, so there's a, yeah, I think it's going to be harder to get them, but I could be wrong. Well, they got Jeff Green, they got Rudy Gay, um, you know, so what you want is a free agent that can go anywhere that ends up in Utah and the major free agent. Yeah. And I'm not sure, I'm not sure the Jazz are going to be in position, like, when are they going to be far enough under the cap to attract a max free agent? Got you. I didn't know their cap situation. Like, with do they Donovan have any Rudy, money though? Even if it's to get like a maybe not like a a max player, but like what what is their situation to work with? No, nah, they're 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 in the luxury tax right now. Okay. And they're on the verge of night. Not only are they in the luxury tax, they're on the verge of being repeat. They're on the, on the verge of being in a repeater tax. I got you. Okay. So maybe not in the near future, but I will be curious to watch Dwayne Wade's recruiting. I think that's huge. And I, I honestly didn't even consider it, but I, I do think that's a huge benefit. Should he be able to pull that off? Even if it's just getting players on the margins, because that's what helps make your, your team, you know, really right. good versus being like a contender. So we'll see. I'm not a believer. I'm a hater of the Utah Jazz. I openly admit that. So, you know, I don't know if Jazz fans will watch this, but I don't really show the Jazz a lot of love, but I do like other- They are going to watch it because I'm going to retweet it. Thank you. But I, I do like Donovan a lot. I do. He's also from New York. So I love any player that's, you know, from New York. And, um, you know, I wish Donovan individually well, but I mean, at the end of the day, the, the 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 jazz are opponents to the warriors i'm not going to be fond of them anyway you know like what is this 
I mean, showing other teams love to the enemy. Go ahead. I'm old school. I'm old school NBA fan. Give the hair flip. No, I'm not doing any hair flips. Anyway. Do the hair flip. Do the hair um, flip. I, I'll do that. You want me to do the hair flip? Tony, whatever. Okay? Because, listen, I just want to <laughs> move on. Um, in terms of, like, the matchup for Saturday, um, we know, like, Utah was, where did they finish last year? Did they end up finishing with the best record? I don't even remember. Or were they They second? had the best record in the league last they year. They did have the best record in the league. The Suns were second, right? Mm-hmm. In the West? Okay. So they, they finished with the best record in the league last year. They don't have the best record right now, but they have the best offense in the, in the NBA, right? And so um, where's their defense ranked? top 10 somewhere in the top 10 they're in the top 10 okay so they are they have a top they have a number one offense and a top 10 i mean a number yeah number one offense top 10 defense so they're checking the boxes we know that a lot of people and by a lot of people i mean me and others who are doubters uh still doubt the utah jazz for whatever whether our perceptions are valid or not the perception is that they they get hyped up in the regular season and then they flame in the postseason. Whether that's fair or not, that is sort of the perception around them. So coming into this matchup with the Warriors, you know, what do you think, you know, the Warriors have to like really pay attention for in terms of like, what are, what are the pros for the, 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 the Jazz and the cons and then vice versa for the Warriors? Well, I think it's a unique matchup because you're looking at the best offense in the league playing against the best defense in the league. And, um, you know, I think it's a unique matchup for the Jazz because the Warriors are capable of doing multiple things that can make the Jazz uncomfortable. Like they switch everything, they play small. Uh, um and the the thing I love about the Warriors is that, you know, they make the game chaotic and they're the best team in the league at making the game chaotic because you, you got to sell out so much to, to guard Steph that, you know, it hurts you in the rebounding game because you don't have your rebounding lanes and they get a lot of offensive rebounds that way and kick out for threes and they turn games into track meets and, you know, they pressure you so much defensively um, and, you know, and Dre's chaotic and all over the place uh, on both ends of the floor. You know, it's just it's just really tough to play the Warriors uh, over, over 48 minutes because, you know, eventually they're going to um, they're going to force their style on you. They're going to force their style of play on you. They're going to force um, their ability to defend on you and they're going to force their ability to make shots on you as well. What what do you think? I mean, obviously the team personnel has changed for both teams on some level, but what do you think, I guess, that's changed about the Utah Jazz that would make it a different matchup versus when Golden State has seen them in the past before in the postseason? Well, I mean, it would be the 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 last time those two met in the postseason, I mean, you you know, 
the jazz for anybody like Wait, Tony, hold on one second. We're freezing. Wait, wait a second. We're freezing up again. In such a dynamic way as in, um, that they do now. Wait, Tony, can you hear me? Mm-hmm. See, it's you being in Utah. I don't be having these issues. Can you just... <laughs> can you just repeat what you said, that one last point? Because I didn't hear about what you think may have changed. And again, I that's knowing that the players... Some of them key players are different, but I'm more talking about in terms of like schemes and the way the jazz play, what has changed about them that would give them a, a better advantage this time. Then I wanted. Well, the jazz are a better shooting team than they were, you know, four or five years ago when okay. these two teams met. And, you know, and Donovan's, Donovan gives them a more dynamic presence uh, offensively than they had, you know. And, you and think this, that shooting and, is sustainable? Like into oh, the postseason? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because they have so many. Okay. I mean, it's like, you know, yeah, you know, Donovan might be off or Bojan Bogdanovich might be off, but then you got, you know, Mike Conley, then you got, um, um, then you got Jordan Clarkson and Joe Ingles coming off the bench and Rudy Gay coming off the bench. Like they, they have so many guys that, that, that really shoot the ball well, um, that, you know, it's, you know, they might have some guys missing shots, but, you know, it's hard to get them on a night where everybody's missing shots. Okay. All right. Well, so, uh, and I know, I know you had like mentioned to me before when we were talking that like, in terms of just like things that like Quinn might try to do in terms of like, I don't know, maybe trying to, I don't know, looking at the lineups is like maybe Rudy Gobert on 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 Andre Iguodala, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, just because it's hard to put Rudy on Dre because because of the um, to um, um, because of the dribble handoff um, element with Steph, you know. So if you have Rudy on Dre then, you know, Dre directs traffic at the top of the key. Then you have Steph come through, dribble handoff, he comes off hard. And if Rudy is, is back, then he just pulls for three, you know, right off the dribble. And if Rudy is up, then boom, you're coming off hard and you, you're, you're going downhill to, to create an advantage. And then, you know, you swing the ball, you swing the ball, and all of a sudden you got an open three. So... Yeah, there's there's a couple of things um, that, that the Warriors can do to try to keep um, Rudy Gobert on uh, on Draymond Green, um, and you know it'll be interesting if with the chess matches to to get the lineups uh, from both coaches in that in that manner. Hmm. Quinn's a pretty smart coach, and I don't always give um. Steve Kerr, the credit that he probably does deserve, but they're both really good coaches. So it'll be interesting to see um, how they counter each other. 
Okay. So you were saying that like Quinn would probably put um, Rudy on, on Andre if he's on the floor. Um, and he might not be when Rudy's right. on the court. I could see him. Right. Now, it would be a chess match. Like I could see a lot of Rudy on Dre, but I wouldn't put Rudy on Dre because what Dre just does is is dribble hand off the staff. And if 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 Dre is on the perimeter, um if Dre is on the perimeter and you know Rudy's in the lane, you know, Dre hands off the staff. And Steph walks right into to a three before Rudy can even get there. So that's the dangers of putting Rudy on Dre. Uh, I know a lot of people think, you know, Rudy on Dre. So the challenge for Golden State in terms of getting Rudy out of the paint would be to have four shooters around Dre in a small lineup. So, you know... So what what could that be? So you get Clay back, you have um, you have Clay, Steph, you have Dre, Clay, Steph, Wiggins, Pool, Clay, Steph, Wiggins, Pool, Dre. Like that lineup will cause problems for the Jazz because it would force Rudy onto Dre, and then you'd have to really you'd have to really guard. Now they have to that lineup would have to go on the other end. Right. We've been like having, we, as in like Warriors fans, we've been having this conversation lately about who would close. And obviously I do think it's matchup de- dependent, but um, I think there's some lineups where Poole would close, but I think there's some lineups where he wouldn't. And I think maybe like an auto might be in there instead. Um, yeah, it depends on, it depends on, what you need the, the thing with pool that that's made him so valuable this year is that um steph and pool have been the only two people that can really bend people off the dribble yeah like jp can you know you saw you, you've seen him without jp Absolutely. you know it, it, if he would have been there last night really, it would have helped a lot right yeah no, you know, absolutely. And, you know, having that second dynamic guy that can that can just really get from point A to point B off the dribble is 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 really valuable that the defense has to react to. And you know, and I think you need that in the lineup because I don't think you, you know, it's it's hard if you're Steph being the only guy that can do that because then all of a sudden you're running into to so many double teams. The lineups, though, that they've had, because, like, even in that, um, what game was that? Was it the Suns game? Maybe it was the Suns game. I don't know if you watched that, the one on Christmas Day. But in the lineup they had when Steph was out there with just, like, all shooters, um, that works well, too. You know, I mean, it was, like, belly, but still, it was, like, belly, um, Otto was out there you know I don't remember who else was out there with him it wasn't all but like maybe two or three shooters and um I think those lineups work well as well so I don't know it's it's really going to be about defense for pool really so not like what they're going to look like on the offense but on the defense where 
I think sometimes you might see auto in there instead of full, but I could be wrong. I'm just guessing like anyone else. I think there's time GP2 will be in the closing lineup. Like, I just uh, don't know. I think you're always going to have Steph play in Drake. Uh, I mean, and I actually pretty much do think Andrew is going to always be in the closing lineup. I do. Some people seem to think he may not be, but I think those four will always be. And I just don't know who the fifth person is going to always be. Well, you got to have Andrew in there because he's I think so such... Too. He's got so much, like, you know, if if I'm Steve Kerr and the Jazz and the Warriors are in the series, Andrew is Andrew is Donovan Mitchell's pr- primary defender. Right. So well, who do you think? Who do you think pulls out the win? I'm just asking for your your best estimated guess for the weekend. I have no that. idea who pulls out that win. I don't know either, but I'm gonna say dubs, baby. <laughs> and that and that is your right. <laughs> I don't know. I just think that like um, I mean, they're starting a road trip. So I really would have liked that they would have won this Denver game, this one at home. Um, but maybe they'll reverse course and now they'll win the first game of a road trip. I think they're gonna really try hard to win in Denver because I don't think they're gonna wanna lose twice to the same team. Um, and like I said, I, I, there's a good chance pool will be back for that game. I don't know yet. Cause they said they need to like reevaluate him again. So hopefully he's back as well. And I think that'll help some. Well, he's, he's going through a, a thing. He's supposed to be going. You think what? A work day. He's going to be back. I think he's going to be back. Yeah. Okay. I think JP will be back. I do too, but until they announce um, it, we don't know. I think I, I, I think the Jazz are at a disadvantage because um, they uh, on Saturday, a they're on a rest disadvantage. That'll be their third game of Fortnite. Second game, they're back to back. Secondly, to be honest, the Jazz have been a better road team this year than they have been a home game team. Really, they play well at home. I didn't know that. Yes, they have a they better have road six, record than lost. home record. They have six losses at home. Wow, I did not know that. They are, what is the record? I think they're 22 and nine. They're 11 and six at home, and they're 11 and three on the road. Mm. Interesting. Look at you, you see? Second record. Dropping all the gems. Just spitting, just, just, just <laughs> dropping, dropping numbers. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the matchup on um, Saturday. I know everyone's kind of been waiting for like the Warriors and the Jazz to play. Um, I hope the teams are close to full strength, you know, so we can get an idea. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Are you looking forward to covering it? Will you and get to cover gonna it? See, you don't even know if you're going to be out of protocols by then, will you? I won't be out of protocols. But I do you cover games the... from a distance? Like, do you watch on TV and then still write I'll about watch, them? I'll watch it on TV and write about it. But, okay. Um, okay. So right now, all of the, um, all of the uh, availabilities are in Zoom. So on Zoom. So until the Jazz 
until the Jazz um, um, change that, it doesn't matter where I cover from anyway. The Jazz haven't been hit with any players and protocols though yet, have they? No, but um, there have been some people around the team, including me, that that have gotten hit. So. Okay. Well, that's that's good. Like I'm not wishing it on them, but that's definitely a blessing. So. Hopefully that, you know, pans out and they, they continue to avoid it. Um, Tony, this has been wonderful. Guys, I know that you've enjoyed my conversation with Tony. He's definitely going to be back on again. I mean, we played with Utah multiple times this year. I won't have him on every time, but we're going to definitely have another conversation before heading into the postseason, right, Tony? Absolutely. um thank you so much for coming on the show especially because you are in protocols i'm wishing you a speedy 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 recovery i know you're almost there but i want that cough to go i want you to be well so you can get back to doing your thing the regular way no i uh i can tell you right this like i've i've watched so many movies I've been watching Power, and um, let me tell you, like you watch Power. Oh man, like the new wait, wait, were you caught up on all of them? Which Power were you watching? Um, I'm caught up on all of them, but I was rewatching the the original. Oh, okay. I actually, my favorite is Raising Canaan. That's turned into my Raising Canaan. Raising Canaan has a chance to be special. It's elite. Like it is so New York. It is so. Oh, but the only reason you like the only reason you like raising Canaan because it's it's in Queens and that's that's close to your stomping grounds. I mean, I'm originally from Queens. That's where I was born. Right, but, so but that's you, not you why. have that authenticity of Queens. It's authentically New York. A lot of shows it's try to depict New York, and they don't. It is authentically New York, even down to the references. You know, like that. If you didn't grow up in New York, you won't know. It's just it's really really good. Really good. Uh, that, Casting that's is on point. Casting was on point, and um, the haircuts was on point. Like all writing is great. Just, it, writing it, is great. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's yeah. really good. It's and I mean, come on, like his mom is a boss. Like I love her. <laughs> the, the they got the uh, the jukebox character like down. Yeah. Like young jukebox was, I was just like, she looks so much like you look at her and Anika. you look at, you know, the regular juke and Anika and they look just alike. Yeah. The casting was great. Yeah. A lot of people for them, it's like jukebox. I think like, I think for most people, their favorite character is either jukebox or it's Kanan's mom. Um, but they seem to be the two like stars coming out of that more than anyone else. Um, and yeah. I, lo- I, I love that for the Queens. I love that for the women. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is like through all of the powers, every last one of them, there's always like, there's always somebody who's off their rocker. Right. So, you know, Tommy was off his rocker in the original power. And he Marvin has a show coming up, rock- his own yeah. show. Yeah. Marvin was off his rocker in 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 Kane and um um Kane was off his rocker in 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 uh the Tariq 
And that dude, Lamar, um, um, oh, what's, what's the one with uh, the show with Big Meech? I don't know. But uh, whatever. The, the one. one was always yes. off their rocker. BMF. Wait, Lamar BMF. Yes. Oh, okay. BMF. Yeah. I don't know if you watched BMF. No, I I didn't, but I'm familiar. Yeah, the the dude Lamar and BMF is nuts. Like he's off his rocker. Okay, so you you you've gotten to watch some good TV, and you are recovering. Yep, yep. So I'm happy to hear that. Um, we want you back to 100, right? Because I've been being nice to Tony, you know, during his sickness. So. Um, I've been I've been taking it light easy on him so we need you back at 100 so I can go back to sparring with you absolutely cool all right guys thanks for listening Um, don't forget to follow the show subscribe on YouTube rate highly five stars do all of those good things Um, and I hope everyone has a wonderful new year. And I want to thank Tony again for being on the show. Until next time, take care.